All right, everyone. So really excited to present this episode to you for the week. Uh, I interviewed Henry McGannon, who is a caddy at Kiowa Island. Kiowa Island is a really famous course in the Carolinas. Um, so East Coast, obviously, I'm a West Coast guy. Always wanted to get out there. Uh, it was a site of the PGA where Phil won, I believe, in 2021. Um, really interesting course, Pete Dye course. Looks hard. Looks super hard. I can't imagine playing there. Um, go check it out if you haven't. There's a lot of really cool flyovers uh, on YouTube that Golf Digest did, just to kind of give you an idea of, of what we're working with, what we're talking about. But super aesthetic, uh, long course, tough conditions. Henry said it was one of the hardest courses he's ever played. Um, so we kind of get into Henry's background, you know, how he got into caddying, how long he's been caddying for. He used to caddy at Pinehurst prior to Kiowa. So the kid, the guy's no stranger, excuse me, to, uh, to famous golf courses um, and historic golf courses as well. So after we kind of get into caddying, I mean, he tells us some funny stories. I mean, what he's seen, you'd be surprised what you see out there on a golf course. Uh, you know, including naked people finding a gun in one of his clients' bags. Uh, he kind of gets into what it's like just the day-to-day -day of being a caddy as well. So really interesting perspective here um, from someone who's at a, a primo big-time resort. I mean, Kiowa's super famous, world-renowned course. Um, but then we we get into, you know, Henry's passion and his business, Real Golfers Co. It's a really cool up-and-coming brand, obviously based in the East Coast. But right now they're making shirts. They're making hoodies as well. You need to get one of those. Really like the look of the fit. Looks super comfortable. Um, and just kind of get further into what it was like, uh, or what it is like to run a, a, a clothing company and what it's like to grow and like some of the struggles that he's experienced, um, some of the, the ups and downs. So a really cool conversation. Henry's a really interesting guy with a really interesting background, a lot of great stories. Um, huge shout out to all the caddies out there. I think, you know, it's an awesome career, awesome job, really interesting guys. Um, so hope you enjoy this. Uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Also check them out on Instagram. I believe it's real golfers co, uh, on Instagram. I believe they have a TikTok as well. And, uh, if you're on the app, you might as well follow myself at Dabada Babada. Um, <laughs> phonetically correct. I'm trying to, trying to change it. I want to be more uh, consistent with my branding and whatnot, but give me a follow there. And then also do me a favor, follow this podcast, share it with your friends, uh, really just about providing as many and as much diverse sort of perspectives into the world of golf. Um, caddying is obviously a big part of, of golf. Uh, so hope you enjoy. And again, would appreciate a follow on Spotify. would appreciate any sort of love in general. Um, I really enjoy doing this and, and giving you guys, uh, you know, something to look forward to every week. So hope you enjoy. Here's the pod. Henry, what's good, my man? Hey, Daniel, thanks for having me on. Dude, super stoked to have you on. Super stoked to have you on. So, uh, I guess the last uh, last night, I spent a couple hours watching Kiowa Ocean Course, uh, just highlights on YouTube, man. So it looks it looks pretty primo out there. Yeah, they do a good job. They keep it in good shape year round. It's a pretty sweet track. Yeah. So, so what's Kiowa like just in general? I mean, it's like a, a private island, right? So I'm I'm based on the West Coast. I've never been to the Carolinas. I've always wanted to go. I know, like there's been all this push to tourism for, to the Carolinas. So like for someone on the West coast, who's kind of unfamiliar with just the Carolinas and Kiowa in general, can you give that like a little bit of an intro? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say uh, Kiowa is pretty unique to the Carolinas. It's um, so Charleston, you get some palm trees and it's got great weather, 
But then you get out to Kiowa, which is right next to Charleston, and it's like a jungle. Like you're driving through canopies, and there's golf courses everywhere. And uh, it's just a great place to play golf. It's just super pure and super green year-round. Dude, there's like gators out there as well, right? I saw like... Oh, yeah. Gators... Gators everywhere. I mean, it's definitely not unusual to be caddying and a gator just walks under the tee box and you kind of just got to let him do his thing. Cause I mean, you're not going to mess with a gator. Yeah, seriously. So, so how like, how long have you been out there for man? Uh, about three and a half years at Kiowa caddying for about 10 total. Okay. 10 total. So, I mean, when you, when you think of Kiowa as a caddy, it, it looks super hard as far as like layout goes. I know it's a Pete Dye course, but some of these carries, man, they look pretty dirty, like from the tips. Yeah, um, we uh, highly encourage basically everybody to not play the tips. Like you get a lot of guys, especially younger guys who are out there with a big group and they got their testosterone going and they want to play it as far back as they can. But like you just said, there's at least seven or eight holes from the tips where you need 240 plus in the air mm-hmm. off the tee, um, which isn't for everybody. Because if you don't make it, I mean, you're reteeing. There's nowhere to drop. So we, we highly encourage everybody to play it forward on the ocean course. For sure. So if you look at the card, based on the conversation or the videos I saw, excuse me, I saw it like it tips out at like 7,800 yards, right? Yep, 78. We don't even have tees out for that's the championship length. Yeah. Uh, we don't even have tees for that. Uh, we just have plaques that are hard to see. So I think that kind of encourages guys not to go back there. Right. I saw Eric Anders Lang shoot like 150 on the back nine, dude. It was, it looked, just looked gnarly. I mean, the wind was blowing. Can you talk a little bit about the conditions and just like how, how things pick up and, and just like how hard of a course it truly is? Yeah, you just nailed it. It's uh, so the thing that makes the ocean course unique is the elements. So I would say if you're playing the right yardage and it's not windy and you have a good caddy and you're playing well, it's a pretty scorable golf course. But like you just said, if the wind is up and you're playing it from pretty far back, it's the hardest golf course you'll ever play. Is it really the hardest golf course? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I guess uh, I haven't played a lot on the West Coast, but as far as the Carolinas go, I think a windy day at the ocean course from long tees, it doesn't get much harder than that. I mean, seven under won the uh, PGA uh, in 2021, and it wasn't really that windy. So. I mean, when it's windy, it's just, it's brutal. Dude, I can't imagine. I literally can't imagine because I was watching these like flyovers and I, I was intimidated and like sweating just watching the flyover. Like <laughs> it just looks like <laughs> such a beast of a course, man. It is a beast. And it's a classic Pete Dye in the sense that you're standing on the tee box and it looks like there's nowhere to hit it if you've never mm-hmm. seen the course. Um, I think having a caddy at the ocean course is more important than any other course I've played because... Like, for instance, the second hole, if you know how far you're going to hit it... That's a par have, 5, though, for, for the people who don't know, right? It's like yeah, par 5, par, right? Yeah, okay, dogleg yeah. left, par 5, with like 220 in the air off the tee, gets you mm-hmm. over the marsh. But it looks like there's nowhere to hit it. It looks like it's just a little sliver of fairway, which is what Pete Dye was so good at. Um, but in reality, there's 100 yards where mm-hmm. you can hit it. Um, you just have to pick your line and trust your target. That's... And if you do that, you'll you'll be okay out there. For sure. Dude, we I need to have you on the bag if I ever get out there, man. That's that's one of my dreams. Cause Dude. after seeing it, it's like number four public course in the in the US as well, right? I mean it's it... it's up there, yeah. All the yeah. rankings are different. I've seen it like thirtieth in the world and top five in the country. Um, but 
I mean, it's hard to imagine a course that's better than the ocean course. Yeah, for sure. So let's get into the caddying, man, because I've, I've only taken a caddy a couple of times at Band and Dunes um, and at Cypress Point. So like two awesome nice. courses. But yeah. I want to I want to hear what that's like for you to be actually be on the bag, you know, because based on some other interviews that, you know, I saw you're, you're out there like six, maybe seven days a week. So so you've been out there for a while, like you said, three years. So, so like talk, talk me through that experience, man, at like a primo big time resort. What's that like for you? Uh, it's good. It's so it, like you just said, it's a resort, so it's pretty laid back. Um, Mm. we get out there a couple hours before our scheduled tea time. We meet the guys like an hour before kind of just hang out with them on the range, try to dial in their game a little bit and mainly make them comfortable before we tee off. Um, but with it being a resort, it's, it's pretty laid back. Like I've seen some pretty crazy stuff on the course. There isn't really rules like there would be at a traditional (laughs) country club because, I mean, there's there's no one to enforce it, and the guys are paying a lot of money to play the course. So once you get out there, you can basically do whatever you want. Right. Um, wait, wait, real fast. It, Let's touch on price just to give people an idea of like Kiowa. How much is a is a is a round out there? Uh, if you're just coming in off the street uh, during the nice season, it's six hundred. And okay. if you stay at the resort, it's a little less. Um, but yeah, if you're just coming in off the street, six hundred. Gotcha. Dude, so what kind of crazy stuff are you seeing out there, man? Like I can't I can't even imagine what's going on in uh I mean Cuba. recently probably the craziest thing I've seen in all my ten years of caddying, uh this group of guys that I had fully naked. They they just got fully naked <laughs> on, on the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds sounds bizarre. Uh I'll I'll uh, I'll send you the video after this. Um it's not weird. Uh, well, it is kind of weird because they're naked on a golf course, but uh, yeah, just fully naked, just super drunk on a bachelor trip, just having the time of their life and uh, took their clothes off. And uh, I think the car girl was fine with it. Really? Dude, so are, are most guys like out there with caddies or what? Like, what's the situation like out there? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'd say 90% of people are taking a caddy. I'd, locals occasionally will carry their own bag, but there's no golf carts on the course. So mm-hmm. taking a caddy is highly encouraged. Okay. Damn, dude. So outside of all these naked dudes running around on their bachelor, like any, have you ever seen anything else or like what, what else is up there for, uh, like kind of your crazy list of, of things you've seen? Uh, man, there's a lot of things. I recently caddied for, uh, this very eccentric billionaire. Who's a well-known guy. I won't say his name. Um, but super nice guy. He keeps in touch. He always sends me pictures of old golf clubs because his club collection is just unreal. Uh, the other day, he had a Calamity Jane putter. And if uh, for those who don't know what that is, it's a putter from like the 20s, oh, uh, wow. fully wooden. And he, he came out with a different set of clubs six days in a row. And he only plays with seven clubs because some guy won the British Open in the <laughs> 1800s using only seven clubs. So he, his thought process is that if, if he can win the British Open with seven clubs, I can play with seven clubs. Dude, I love. If I were an eccentric billionaire, I'd probably walk around naked too with seven clubs. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he this guy can do whatever he wants for sure. Dude, so I think that's so interesting that you're a caddy because you don't really know what you're going to get each round too. Like you can get this billionaire guy, you can get a uh, bachelor party, like some frat bros. I'm assuming you get young guys, old guys. So like in your experience caddying in these 10 years, like what have you learned most about people? Because it sounds like it sounds like being a barber, you, you know what I mean? Essentially. Cause you're just with all these different people. Like, you know how to talk to different people, you know how to read different people. Like what has that experience been like for you for your own like personal growth? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that the players who do the best at the ocean course, regardless of skill level, like the best for for them, uh, playing up to their personal potential, are the players who are willing to, I don't want to say listen to me, but just take my advice and are able to trust it. Uh, because like we were saying, the ocean course is extremely deceiving. Um, and a lot of times I'll tell a guy to aim at a certain target and he just can't believe it. Uh, but the guys who are confident in their swing, trust their swing, if they're able to hit it towards the target that I'm recommending and just trust it, those are the guys who play the best for sure. Mm-hmm. And then green wise as well. I mean, are, are there are your complexes out there? Pretty, pretty gnarly. Like are there a lot is- of elevate. Yeah, a lot of elevated greens. It's not like Pinehurst, uh, mm-hmm. where it's turtleback, but um, a lot of elevated greens, and they keep them pretty slow because the pace of play would be upwards of six hours if mm-hmm. we had them rolling at a 12 or a 13 because the course is so difficult. Uh, so we kind of give the players a break by keeping them a little slower. Yeah, for sure. Thank God, right? Dude, so in that that Eric Anders Lang video, I don't know who was caddy for was caddying for him. Have you seen that that video? I've seen it. Yeah. I can't remember who was caddying for him, uh, but I've seen it. He, he played on a tough day. Older guy. Yeah. But he, he was saying how like after a whole, I think like 11 or 12 people just, they literally just give up. Like, ha- have you ever had guys just walk off the course? Cause they were so frustrated. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not often that you'll have someone just walk off the course. Uh, but it's very often by the fourth or fifth hole, a guy's lost like nine golf balls already. Yeah. And He's not finishing the holes, you know, he's just kind of just out there walking around at that point, maybe grabs a beer. Yeah, for sure. A couple beers, bro. You need, you need like a six pack. It sounds like. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) For sure, man. All right. So, so pre, pre, um, Kiowa as well. Actually, before we get into Pinehurst, dude, when you think of the island itself, are there other courses out there or is it pretty much... Just yeah, yeah. Your... There's 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 four other resort courses. Uh, yeah. So we got the Ocean Course, and then you got Cougar Point, Turtle Point, Osprey Point, and Oak Point, which are all really good. Mm-hmm. And then you've got two private courses out there, which are unreal, like almost rival the Ocean Course, not quite, but yeah. golf is uh, definitely plentiful out there. For sure. What are, what are those courses called? Uh, River and Cacique are the two private courses, and they've had some pretty solid amateur tournaments. Really nice, well maintained, yeah. good courses. Where do like the actual like locals play then? Like where do most of the caddies get in their rounds when they're not working? Uh, yeah, we can play basically anywhere. We play Oak Point a lot because it's a little closer to Charleston where we all live. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can take a golf cart out there, which is it's nice to not have to carry your bag after you carry other people's bags all week. Oh, yeah. Dude, how many steps are you getting in each day? Like 20,000? I would or? say it, it depends on how straight the players hit it. I mean, if they're mm-hmm. down the middle all day probably like 14,000, but oftentimes we'll get 20,000 days when one guy hits a right, one guy hits a left and you're just zigzagging all over the hole. Yeah. Cause we okay. carry two bags. Oh, you're, you're double looping. Yeah. Yeah. We always carry two bags. Oh dude, that's sick. That's so sick. <laughs> dude. So one thing that comes to mind or just a quick question most people who like actually work on the resort, do they live, they all live in Charleston then? Cause like outside of Kiowa, is there any like community or, or what's, what's that situation like? There is Kiowa is just, uh, I mean, no one can afford to live on Kiowa. Right. Um, 
And there's an island in between. There's actually two islands in between Charleston and Kiowa. And that's where most of us live. We Most of us live on one of those two islands. Mm-hmm. It's okay. like anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour to the ocean course. It's a pretty long commute. For sure. For sure. Did you end up going to the PGA and like watching Phil Lynn or what was, what was yeah. that like? Yeah, yeah, I went. I was there for that whole uh, whole debacle on 18. That was pretty cool to see when uh, everyone, I, I guess uh, maybe the standard bearers just weren't up to the task and everyone just walked past them. Yeah, I saw that on TikTok, dude. So essentially after he had hit that shot on, on 18, everyone just followed him in, right? Yeah, I mean, at that point it was basically over. I think he was, he either had an easy up and down or like a two putt to win. Um, but it it was a great finish. It was cool to see two big names in the final group with Mickelson and Kepka. But dude, you're no stranger to Phil, right? You got a little uh, history with him or what's that? What was that like? I did. Yeah. It was a pro-am, uh, a different course that I was caddying at in North Carolina called Eagle Uh point. Another nice track. Uh, but this guy I caddied for all the time, paid the big bucks to play with Phil. And, uh, so we just, we got to walk around with him all day, watch him hit shots. He hit like basically every green which is great, but I was hoping he would miss some green so I could see him chip. Yeah, that that short game was was it like surprising to see how like pure of a player he was? Was it was he like one of the better the, players like ball strikers or what? What impressed you about Phil? So this was 2017, so he was a little younger. But the thing mm-hmm. that like really struck me by like the second hole was just how hard he swings at the ball. I mean, every shot it could be a seven iron layup on a par five, but he's just going 110 percent on every shot mm-hmm. that was like pre him like showing his calves too dude right yeah yeah that was pre-calves for phil yeah. <laughs> and, pre, and pre-pga yeah true all right so let's get into pinehurst man like what what was that like so you'd spend seven years there uh so i was in a couple places in between pinehurst and charleston mm-hmm. i was in pinehurst 2013 to 15 at a playing golf at a community college there in Cadian full-time on number two mm-hmm. um Piner, pinehurst was cool there, there's not much going on other than golf but there's unlimited golf to be played mm-hmm. so what's that wait okay again dude i've played on tiger woods i've never been out to the carolinas so like <laughs> if you if someone were to go to pinehurst what can they expect as far as like courses go and kind of like layouts go and just like a general vibe um, of the resort yeah I, I would say the vibe has kind of changed since i was there in 2015 um Bar uh, Riggs from Barstool is living there, which I think has kind of changed it. Like it's a little time. younger. Yeah, I think so. He at least he was. Uh, I, he still might be. I'm, I'm not really up to date on the Barstool stuff, but yeah. it's it's a slightly younger vibe. Like they put in a brewery and they put in a par three course with the bar on it. Um, and as far as golf goes, it's just everything you could imagine. I mean, there's not really hilly golf courses, but you've got long courses short courses easy tough and a lot of donald ross mm-hmm. which which would which would you take uh would you take kiwa over pinehurst like that's a good question kiwa yeah people course? have asked me that i've gotten that a lot um i i would say they're just so different mm-hmm. it, it, it'd be really hard to choose i mean kiwa is just like jaw-droppingly gorgeous and a phenomenal course uh and then pinehurst you get a phenomenal course with unreal history so if you're a history guy, I would say Pinehurst is the way to go. And if you just love playing golf and love the scenic views on golf courses, the ocean courses, you can't beat it. All right. Sounds like you can't go wrong with either one of them, right? 
No, the golf in the Carolinas is pretty good. Yeah. Dude, so let's let's dive into that, bro, because like again, being on the West Coast, I've always wanted and always heard great things about, you know, like Carolina golf. I don't know whatever that thing was running on Golf Channel. There's always like a commercial for for Carolina like tourism in general, but like yeah. when you when you think of like top 5 golf courses out there, you know, like obviously Kiowa, Ocean Course, Pinehurst, you think of like Harbor Town, but but like, what are some slap on courses that you'd recommend someone on the West Coast? Most of my listeners are are based in California, so like, what would you say if you had to plan out like a tourist tourism kind of yeah. like weekend or like half month, fifteen day trip, dude? Where would you go? I would say the most slept on thing in the Carolinas is mountain golf. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got the Blue Ridge Mountains going right through Western North Carolina and South Carolina, uh, like up in the Asheville area. Mm-hmm. Mountain golf is unreal. I mean, the ball's flying a mile. The courses are always in great shape. They're all bent grass, um, and they're just gorgeous. And the weather is perfect. Mountain golf is probably the best kept secret of the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. So, a ton of like elevation change as well. Yeah, I mean, anywhere from like two thousand to five thousand feet in western mm-hmm. North Carolina. Um, yeah, tons of elevation changes. You better be able to hit the ball from like above your feet and below your feet for sure. Can you break us down like a list? Can you give us a list or no? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would say Ocean Course and number two are the top two. Pinehurst number two yeah. are definitely the top two. Um, Wade Hampton is a private course in Cashers, North Carolina. That's just the most immaculate golf course I've ever seen. Um, Country Wade, Club what, was it, what was it called? Wait, Wade Hampton? Yeah, Wade Hampton. Okay. Wade Hampton. And then uh, my personal favorite up in that area is the Country Club Asheville. I worked there for a couple of years in college. Mm-hmm. And it's not uh, like a super well-known or highly regarded course. It's just pure mountain golf, pretty wide open, fun greens. You can shoot nothing out there, but it can also bite you a little bit. Um, and then I would say I'd put for the fifth best course in the Carolinas. There's just so many to choose from. I would probably go with the the private course on Kiowa that we talked about, Cacique. It's a Tom mm-hmm. Watson design, and it's just it's a really unique place. For sure, dude. I got to get out there, man. Yeah, come on out. We'll, we'll play the ocean course. That would be so sick, man. That'd be so <laughs> sick. All right. So before we get into real golfers, what is something that's just like your pet peeve when when you have uh, when you're catting for someone, you're looping for someone? Like, what's something that you just wish people would know? you know, that yeah. maybe they're ignorant to that they, you need to bring to their attention. Cause I'm That's going to be in here shortly. I'm not taking any, you know, we, we usually walk, but just curious from your perspective. I would say if you, if your caddy seems competent and like, he's actually putting an effort, listen, listen to his reads and uh, don't, don't like doubt his reads out loud. Like maybe he gives you a bad read, but Tiger misreads putts all the time. So I would say just give your caddy a chance and let him get comfortable as well because he, he wants to do a good job for you too or she. And uh, I would say just give them your full trust and they'll be able to help you as much as possible. Okay. All right, for sure. That's dope. You heard it here from Henry. So he's the man. I mean, he, <laughs> he has the experience, but dude, the other reason I really want to bring you on is because I just love entrepreneurship. I love business and I love what you got going on with real golfers. So, you know, what was kind of like your inspiration or, or if you were to introduce real golfers to someone, what exactly are you guys? What, what's your guys' inspiration? Yeah. What are you guys about? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say 
In short, we are a company that will never sacrifice on the quality of our clothes, but the most important thing to us is making them affordable. Uh, mm-hmm. As someone who's been a caddy for my whole life, I've never, you know, wanted to spend 110 bucks on a golf shirt, but mm-hmm. I play golf every day, so I want nice shirts. So I thought making high-end shirts affordable would be a great way to make or help people get into the game. For sure. Because golf is already so expensive. And dude, I'm no stranger to, to the Peter Millars, the G4s. I love their stuff. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, they but make it's, good stuff. It's tough. I mean, it, it is expensive. So so when did you start this company up, man? Uh, late 2020 and really got it off the ground in, like I'd say, early 2021. Okay. Damn. So what, what was that process like? Was it just you? Is it? Do you have a buddy or uh, like yeah, who's, on, who's on your squad? It's just me for now. Um, I got a couple buddies who helped me out with the content. Um, but yeah, just me. And it, it, it's been a process for sure. I, I definitely didn't know what I was doing at first. Um, my first shipment of shirts, actually, like I said, I had no idea what I was doing. Didn't order samples. Uh, I saw the shirts. They looked good. So I ordered them. They showed up. I took them out of the box. I felt it. I was like, oh, this material is fantastic. I grabbed an XL because that's the size that I wear. I went to put it on and it was like a crop top. Like <laughs> it, was, it was way too small. And I looked a little closer, uh, more closely at the tag and it was in Asian sizes, uh, which are very small for those of you who don't know. <laughs> so I, I really didn't know what I was doing. It's been a learning process, but it's, uh, it's getting better and better all the time. That's tough, dude. Continuous improvement is what it's about. So did you... Have you switched up your supplier? Like, what have you learned from a sampling standpoint? Obviously, order samples or, you know, like... I definitely order samples now. Yeah, 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 I definitely order samples these days. Um, We had the same manufacturer for about a year. They were good. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we came into contact with the manufacturer who makes uh, golf shirts for FootJoy. So that was a little step up for us. They're made in the same factory. Uh, They're the ones who made these hoodies, which turned out really well. Which are and, fire, uh, by the way. So we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and then the same FootJoy manufacturer is making our new shirts. Okay. Dude, that's interesting how you can just kind of go to the same manufacturer as some of these bigger companies, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they have minimum order quantities, so we got to order a certain amount of shirts, but uh, we're working with them. Mm-hmm. But quality-wise... Uh, obviously you don't want to compromise, but, but when you think of like the fabric contents, is it like a, a polyester spandex or like, what's, what's the blend? Like, what do you look for in fabrics? Yeah. So we've tried a few different fabric blends. We tried a polyester cotton blend. Uh, we've tried a few polyester spandex blends and we've landed on one that will probably never change, which is 88% polyester and 12% spandex, which I'm looking at them right now. Um, if, it gives you like the optimal optimal amount of stretch, four-way stretch, all-way stretch, without being like too thin. Uh, something I noticed at the beginning was if you put too much spandex in the shirts, they're like really thin, um, which is great when it's hot, but you want a, a nice heavy shirt for the most part. Okay. For sure. No, that's dope. Learning from you, man. Um, so your first, your first initial run, was it, uh, do you still carry those designs to date? I mean, I know it's been like three years from when you guys started, but like how, how have yeah. your design changed or like, what's your process for like coming up with designs for these shirts? Yeah. So in the beginning that the shipment that showed up in Asian sizes, those were just solid colors that I had embroidered here in Charleston. Um, and then we moved on to 
I designed a few on my own, which turned out pretty well. The Jester collection is what they are on the website. Uh, I designed those myself. And then for the hoodies and then these new ones that we got coming out, I hired a designer who actually knows what they're doing. Uh, so they look a little better, a little more uh, detailed. Okay, that's dope. So the Jester itself, just for people looking on your website, the Jester isn't necessarily your guys' logo. It was It's more of like a collection, right? Yeah, the, so we have the Jester collection, um, and we also like to use the Jester hat on the shirts, maybe not as the main logo, mm-hmm. uh, but sort of like in patterns, we like to use the Jester hat. Okay, and, and what does that signify again? Or what is a Jester uh, hat? Because I had to look it up. Dude. So, right, right, yeah, no one knows what it is. Um, well, at the beginning, like I'd say late 2020, I didn't even have a logo. I was playing golf with my buddy, and he was like, well, you should probably have a logo for your company. And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. So I came home that night and I was thinking about what would the logo be? Maybe like an animal that's native to Charleston or Michigan where I grew up. Um, So I looked at some of the other companies for inspiration and I noticed some of the more affordable, not so inclusive brands or sorry, not affordable, not so inclusive brands. Peter Millar. Oh, dude. I had to say it. I had to say it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not just them. I mean, the crown is a super common symbol logo in golf. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tried to figure out what the opposite of a crown was, and I came to the conclusion that it's a gesture hat. That's dope, dude. No, I love that. It's cool. Like, I, I've never seen the uh, the gesture hat until, like, I've you know, until till doing research on your company. But but it's badass, like, the whole messaging behind it. Uh, but what about real golf, real golfer? Like, how'd you come up with the name or what, what's the origin story from like actual, like inception of the brand? Because like yeah, part of this yeah. podcast, I want to inspire people to like take action and build their own things out. So I wanted to like really get into the nitty gritty of that, of like you actually starting this company, you believe like getting to, into your mind frame as well. Like where are you at in life? Obviously sounds like COVID you wanted to start something, but like, I want right. to dial into that, man. Like, let's get into that. Because it's hard to take action. It's hard to it's hard to do anything. I mean, it's not taught, right? You have to like seek this information out. So, like, just trying to pick your brain there, you know? Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's it's all trial and error. That kind of goes back to the first shipment of shirt showing up in Asian sizes. Um, I had always wanted to do something on my own, and um, I love golf, and I love golf fashion, golf clothes, basically anything golf related. Mm -hmm. I'm about it. And uh, I figured golf shirts were uh, something with a, not too much of a barrier of entry, something that I could get started in with using just caddy tips. Um, and so I just I hopped on the Internet and I found some manufacturers. And obviously, it took me a while to find the right one. But like you said, you just got to get started. Um, you just got to maybe just order some samples and you'll get the samples in your hand and you'll be like, wow, this is great. I'm excited to get this going now. Uh, you just got to get started, do stuff. You're going to suck for a while. I still suck at a lot of stuff, but I see improvement continuously. Right. But so, but when you get into that name, like real golfer co, like what, what is that all about? Uh, I just, I always consider myself someone who will do anything that it possibly takes to play golf. And I think there's a lot of people out there like me, especially after COVID who just love golf. Um, and we're real golfers. Well, we love golf. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about, baby. That, that's why I'm stoked yeah. to have you on the pod, dude. We're, we're both real golfers. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. You definitely are. All right. So you got the shirts out, right? 
what's the origin story behind this hoodie? Because, you know, like from a fashion standpoint, we're starting to see more and more hoodies, like more and more casual wear. But your hoodies right. look awesome, man. Like you can just see online, like the quality of it and like how incredible it looks. So what's the backstory behind the hoodie? Yeah, I appreciate that. It's um, I think hoodies are great for golf because I play in the cold all the time. And the hood could not be more convenient. I mean, you're out on the course and maybe it's not windy, but it's like 55 and you're cold when you're in the car, you're cold when you get there in the morning, but when you're in the sun, you feel great. So the hood is awesome to be able to just put on and take off. Mm-hmm. And I've just always kind of liked uh, the casual look on the golf course. And when I saw the guys in the Ryder Cup wearing the hoods, I was like, okay, it's time to get some hoodies for the company. For sure. So, so from like a quality standpoint, is that going to be like a very similar fabric to what you use on your shirts or? It is, yeah, it's actually uh yeah, it's a polyester spandex blend with a rayon shell. So the rayon shell gives it like a really soft feel. And then the polyester spandex blend gives it that durability and that like performance feel. So it's, I mean, it's designed for golf. We, I thought of everything I possibly could to make this thing perfect for the golf swing. Yeah, I saw it. So like feature-wise, no strings, right? Right, no strings because, I mean, it always drives me nuts when I'm wearing a hoodie <laughs> Dude, and the strings are dangling down. Shit. Yeah, I do too. Like you you can like tuck the strings in, but then they come out and you're thinking about it and yeah. you want to be thinking about the least amount of stuff possible while you're standing over the golf ball, so strings are no good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tested the cuff tightness to make sure it wasn't like dangling while you're over the ball, but it's not too tight, so during the backswing, the sleeves aren't going to like ride up your arms. Mm-hmm. And then we added some weight to the hood so it doesn't really flop around. Okay. So it's really, really designed specifically for the golf swing, but it looks good everywhere. Dude, it looks good everywhere. I like that 70s vibe. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. This one uh, I'm wearing Are you right wearing now one right now? Vi- yeah, yeah. I'm wearing one right now. Oh, nice. Got the little RG. That's the main logo. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a 70s vibe. Named it the vinyl hoodie because they thought this kind of looked like vinyl. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think it's good to put some artwork on the golf shirts. Like Oftentimes in golf, you, you see someone just wearing a solid colored shirt or maybe stripes. So we wanted to do something a little more uh, creative and different with the hoodies. Right. And then the other one you have, it's a green It's green and it's like Asheville. Or like what's the, what's the situation or what's the background with that? Uh... I just love the Asheville Muni just love that golf course. I mean, anyone can play there anytime. It's an old Donald Ross. It's just like as classic of a golf course as it gets. Um, so I thought I'd name the hoodie after it just because I like that golf course so much. Right. Is that, that's not on Kiowa though, right? No, the Asheville Muni, uh, I went to college in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, so that's like Western North Carolina up in the mountains. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha, dude. That's dope. So, like, from a fashion, like, clothing standpoint, like, what, what, what's your inspiration? Like, is was there a brand you really like growing up, um, or is it more of just like kind of competing on quality and, and putting out like classic, timeless designs? So, initially, when I got into it, the only thing I cared about was the quality, and that's still the most important thing for sure. If the quality is not there, it's not worth doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I've been doing it for a few years, a couple of years, and I've learned more and more, I'm more interested in the designs of the shirts now, which is why I hired the designer. She lives up in Grand Rapids, and we collaborate about what I like, what she thinks will look good. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one brand that I really like. It's called Devereux Golf. Dude. Uh, you may have heard of, yeah, you may have heard yeah. of them being on the West Coast. Uh, yeah. They're, I think they're based out of Phoenix, mm-hmm. and uh, they make some really cool stuff. I love those guys. 
Yeah, I've been trying to get them on the pod as well. Um, but I love their they have like really interesting designs as well for sure. Um, yeah, but dude, so unique, what are you what guys. are you dropping? What are you going to drop uh, this coming season? Do you have things planned, or can we talk a little bit about that? Or yeah, for sure. I'm looking at the shirts right now. So there's one that's uh, kind of like a West Coast style shirt. You might yeah. like it. It's got a ribbed collar with like a couple lines on it. So instead of having the self fabric collar, it's got like the old school look to it. And then we've got a couple shirts that are inspired by uh, one of my favorite music groups of all time, which is a tribe called Quest. Hmm. So we went with some of their colors and uh, and uh, it's like stick figure golfers on the shirt because they use stick figures all the time. So it's yeah. not directly based on them. It's just loosely inspired by a tribe called Quest, but I, I think they're going to do really well. Dude, I, I love tribe too, man. That song jazz. <laughs> we got the jazz. Yeah. Yeah, if if someone doesn't like Tribe, they they don't like the right music. Yeah, seriously, man. Uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Q Tip. Yeah, Q Tip, Fife Dog. Yeah, Alicia Haig Muhammad. They're all they're all great. Yeah, but dude, so you kind of have like a lot of like uh, '90s hip hop influence because I I see the Arnold Palmer behind you. Like, did you grow up listening to a lot of rap? Um, or like what what was that like? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I I played basketball throughout high school, and my teammates were always a big influence on me there, and. Uh, Definitely listen to a lot of gr- rap growing up and still do. Yeah. Do you ever see, so we're going to see some of that. It sounds like coming into the designs, which is dope. Cause when I see yeah. like a lot of your, your style, I'm trying to think of like West coast versus East coast style and like how the two blend. Cause when I think of East coast, I think of like pastels and like those braided right. ropes and stuff like that. Where West coast <laughs> is more like, you know, like not Travis Matthews, but, but laid back. So like, what's your overall, like, where do you guys fall instead of like on that spectrum? Where would you say? I would say uh, I'd like to bring some West Coast style to the East Coast. Uh, we're definitely not a pastel brand. Yeah. Um, and I've always thought the relaxed vibe, surfer vibe, skater vibe was really cool. And uh, like Malbon, they make some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought bringing that to some really nice polos would be a cool way to kind of express yourself on the golf course without sacrificing any quality. Yeah. Dude, I'm thinking of like the Brian Bros and just pastels. That's that's the first thing right. that comes to my mind, like when I think of oh, East Coast for, golf, you know. For sure, I live in Charleston, and I mean, it's hard not to find someone wearing a pastel shirt around here. Yeah, like a pink pair of like shorts with boat shoes, like boats. Yeah, like Sperry's <laughs> or something, like Vineyard Vines, dude. Yeah, you just nailed it. I mean, I, I like that style, but uh, it's not not what we're going for with real golfers. Yeah. All right, so uh how do you guys advertise like what has been your most successful form or what's been actually before we get to that like what have you learned most from entrepreneurship um like what's been your biggest challenge what's been something that you've had to like really focus on to grow yeah i mean i would just say getting the word out is the biggest challenge uh Mm. like i was saying earlier the entire company is funded by caddy tips so we Mm. don't have a giant marketing budget um so we work really hard on making good content That's where almost all of our leads come from. Uh, We reach out to podcasts. We go to shows. uh, I've done a couple trade shows. And uh, I would say just generating the best possible content is our our big advantage. Right. So do you guys have like, you said you had a content guy. Do you have like a content calendar and stuff? Like you're trying to post like X amount of reels a day. And like, are you guys on TikTok or what's what's been that strategy like for you to kind of build out? Yeah, so the TikTok. The the TikTok is up and running. Um, there's really not anything on there right now, but I have stuff scheduled for almost like two months. 
So that'll be up and running real soon. And uh, Instagram is for sure our target platform. Um, and I would say I'm the content guy. I'm, I'm the everything guy. Uh, but I have a couple golf buddies who are great with the camera and they're always happy to help. Mm -hmm. Have you bought any ads yet? Like, have you tried running ads? I've ran a couple ads, just, uh, you know, like small amounts of money here and there just to experiment. Um, and I think I have a pretty good strategy for the ads when we get to that point, um, which will hopefully be sometime later this year. Okay. Excited, dude. Excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. So what else do you want to talk about, dude? Anything golf related. I'm always down to talk about real golfers, caddying, playing golf. Let's get more uh, into the caddying stuff, dude. Yeah. Let's, let's just it. keep, I want to hear some caddy stories, dude. I just want to like sit <laughs> and just, just listen to your, to talk about some caddy stuff, like just your experience or, or funny things that have gone on, man. Wild stuff. There's always wild stuff. We got naked guys running around on the golf course. Um, there was a good one uh, back from Pinehurst when I was, when I was a youngster. Um, the seventh hole is a dog leg left or sorry, dog leg right. And I was caddying for this guy who is the founder of a giant company. Um, and we get to that hole and he has a house on the left side mm -hmm. and his wife comes out with a dog and they're super nice, super wholesome family. And, uh, we get done with the hole and get around the corner to where the house is out of sight and a cart with like four or five Myrtle beach, uh, like caddy girls shows up which uh, you weren't expecting after What's a caddy uh, the girl? whole. The, uh, it's basically just like a stripper who kind of caddies for you. Oh, um, dude, I've seen those <laughs> on Instagram, dude. Yeah, but it, it was a big curveball for sure, right. especially after meeting his wife like five minutes earlier. Wait, did he did he call them in? Oh, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't him personally, it was, it was just one of his boys. But they, yeah, they, they showed up they, and they knew exactly when to show up. Dude, that's crazy. I didn't know the caddy girl was a thing until recently. Yeah, I, I didn't know until uh, that day. <laughs> they're, they're like pretty big in Vegas too, dude. I could see that. Yeah. I, I haven't been to Vegas, but I, I could definitely see that. I feel like that's probably standard out there. But you yourself, I mean, you're you're a pretty good golfer. How much, uh, like, are you getting out there a lot these days or is it pretty much just work? Because you played in college. You said you were, did you, do you stayed at the community college for how many years or, or yeah, what was the situation? I was at the community college for two years. Uh, we made it to the national championship both years, and we won it uh, my freshman year. And then I went to UNC Asheville after that. And, uh, yeah, I've never stopped playing golf. Right. Are you a plus right now? I would say, yeah, I would say I'm probably still a plus one. I was a plus four at one point, but uh, real golfers definitely takes up most of my time these days. I'm, I'm out there like once a week. I try to chip and putt. As much mm -hmm. as I can. I mean, if I can do an hour here or there chipping and putting, the game is usually sharp because, I mean, if you can get up and down, you'll be in good shape. All right. Will you mostly play at, like, will you, where will you typically play when you're when you're in Kiowa or just in general? Yeah, I mostly play Kiowa because it's okay. free. And uh, I, I went out there. I played Cougar Point today, which is an awesome course. Uh, playing Ocean tomorrow. Um that ocean course is pretty dead this time of year, so we have a lot of time to play golf. So I'll be out there around noon tomorrow playing playing some golf. All right, well, I'll see you there as well. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, but, cool. but that's something cool. that's something that comes to mind is like, you know, because you think of off seasons, right? What do you guys do during the off season, or what's that like as a caddy? And just kind of explain the seasonality of, you know, the Carolinas right. versus going around the on the West Coast. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so it's it's pretty seasonal for sure. Mm. I would say. 
spring and fall by far the busiest those are the times of year where you're working six seven days summer you're probably out there three or four days and then january and february just totally dead so if you know that's coming and you work really hard in the fall and save some money january and february are great if you uh go out a little too much in the fall january and february might be a little bit of a stretch for you you gotta save that money from the fall and to make it through the winter for sure for sure Dude, I'm just thinking about, I don't know, the one thing that kind of comes to mind is just like living, I don't know where I'm going with this, is just like living at Bandon Dunes or, or like a place like that that's pretty remote. I and thought just, about it. And what that's like, because I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine being at right. Bandon like full time, dude. I would like shoot myself. I don't know, like, because there's nothing <laughs> going on there, dude. There's literally nothing. There, I mean, I haven't been there, but from what I've heard, that's exactly right. I mean, you got a couple of restaurants at Bandon. And you got the five or six courses, but there's like no town to go to, to mm-hmm. hang out at. Um, no caddy girls, nothing. N- definitely no caddy girls. They would probably charge extra to come all the way out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm sure if you're obsessed with golf and you're content doing nothing but walking around on a golf course, Bandon is a great place. Mm-hmm. So we, I mean, we go with a, we go with a bunch of buddies, so we're going to go out there in, in two weeks, but we, we just rent a house. We don't even stay on property, but like you said, primo good golf, literally nothing else to do, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. It's That's exactly time. what I've heard. Yeah. Dude. So you said you were just in uh, San Diego as well, right? I was, yeah. I played golf once. Uh, we were just out there to visit friends, but, uh, unfortunately the farmers was going on, so we couldn't play Tory. Yeah. Uh, but we did do the Tory hike, which was unreal. So yeah. pretty. I'm sure you've done it. Dude, yeah, I live like just south of there. I wish you would have hit me up, dude. I didn't know you were you were in San Diego. That yeah, I know. I yeah. I know. I didn't I don't even know uh I didn't I didn't know you lived in San Diego. Yeah. So where did you play in San Diego? We played uh Madeiras. Okay, yeah. What'd you think? Pretty good pretty sweet track. I mean yeah. it was kinda easy, I thought. Um mm. for for like cause People kind of hyped it up before we played, but on real course. I mean, perfect condition. Played with some really cool guys, and uh, yeah, I would I would go back there anytime. Played yeah. with rental clubs, which is always interesting. Yeah, I was hitting the nine iron like thirty yards further than I hit my nine iron. Yeah, the game improvement like P seven nineties or what? It was they were like uh, they were Cowley Mavericks, so it was like okay. a full set of Mavericks with an Odyssey two ball, which is great. I putted pretty well. Mm-hmm. What are you playing right now, or what's in your bag? What are you gaming? Uh, I got Apex Pro Irons, Callaways, mm-hmm. and then I got uh, Sim 2 Driver and 3-Wood. I can't hit the Stealth high enough. Mm-hmm. Um, the Stealth is beautiful, but I can't hit it high enough. And I've used it in arm lock putter for like almost four years now. Oh, really? Damn, dude. Yeah. I've, Not I like gone... as mechanical as Bryson, but if you've ever seen Webb Simpson putt, it's like identical to how I putt. Uh, he's a Carolina guy, right? He is, yeah, 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 Carolina guy. Do you ever see him out there, or have you ever seen any like like pro celebrities on in like in or around Kiowa, or excuse me, pro golfers? So as far as pro golfers, I, I wouldn't say many. Uh, mm-hmm. I see Bill Murray once in a while, which is cool, and uh, a lot of football players mm-hmm. are out of Kiowa. But um, I think with the type of greens that we have, they're called Pat's Palum, uh, which. I don't, there's not many courses on tour that have past pounds. So those guys, I think they like to practice on Bermuda. That's really interesting, dude. 
How long have uh, how long have you been doing this? Just out of curiosity, because it seems like you know what you're doing. No, I just kind of just kind of started on a whim, similar to you with uh with real golfers. Um, just wanted to start something, you know. It was really like what it what it came down to, and I thought like podcasting would be uh, an interesting way of of just kind of creating. Um, I didn't want to do like yeah. short form content, but I just love like listening and and, and um, I guess watching, you know, like the longer longer podcasts longer longer interviews like you know joe rogan the full send podcast i don't know if you're familiar with those guys full send is good for sure yeah they just get on like a lot of really interesting people but that's kind of my my mo is i want to get on as many different interesting perspectives as possible like within the world of golf um yeah you should um you should hit up willie wilcox uh he used to play on tour he's like a mutual friend Mm-hmm. of mine and i did a little advertising on his podcast but his like after playing on tour and being a really cool guy he gets these unreal guests mm-hmm. so i don't know he lives in alabama i don't know if you guys could link up but if you if like you were doing the interviewing and he was doing the coordinating i think that would be like a top 50 podcast easily uh, dude it's crazy because yeah. like the podcast space like isn't that competitive you know what i mean <laughs> Even right. though people listen to podcasts, it's just like this interesting, weird kind of like niche going on. But a lot of the times I'll end up just like cold emailing people. And I've gotten like a lot of really interesting guests. It just is amazing. Like what a cold email can do is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. I think I think I sent you like a cold DM on Instagram. And, now yeah, we're and, here. and that's what I'm about, dude. Like it's just about action. It's about moving forward. And I think that's like kind of what excites me about, you know, like entrepreneurship and And just this podcast in general is like taking action and moving towards something because the reality is, like you said, you don't know, or you started not knowing, you know, where you wanted to, maybe not, maybe you knew where you wanted to go, but you didn't know how to get there. And I know where I wanted to go, but it, all it takes is just research and action. And like you said, like kind of assessing where things are at, uh, Mm -hmm. making those minor adjustments and then pushing forward. So that's why I love talking to people like, you know, like the, 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 the guys who are just kind of starting out. Cause we're like in the same boat, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You just got to get started. Like you said, I mean, just if you have the shirts in the apartment, you better sell them. I mean, it's a good way to get started. Yeah. So do you do, is everything pretty much all e-commerce or do you ever do, cause you'd said you went to some trade show events and you had been to, you know, and when you say those events, are they all like local to, um yeah the so they're, they're like they're local and i'm selling so it's not like trade shows as in like the pga show where people are coming out coming over and finding out the brand uh like i'm selling individual shirts to just like consumers at mm-hmm. the ones that i've been to um yeah the pga show pga show would be pretty cool maybe we'll yeah. split a booth one day dude that's a dream to go to the pga show <laughs> yeah yeah. It's expensive. The cheapest booth was like 10 grand. So I was like, all right, maybe next year, but uh, pretty cool place. Which is gnarly to me, dude, because I went through like WRX and like was looking at the forum and seeing like the brands that are there. And there was like a golf club bottle opener company. So they'd get yeah, like the, pers- the persimmon wood, dude. They'd freaking like weld like metal bottle. I have on one it. of those. Yeah, okay. I have one of those. Maybe maybe they're cooler than I thought, but I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, how can this company afford to go here? Yeah, I think the same thing. Like, I saw a couple brands uh, that I know from Instagram whose Instagrams are not very strong, but they have mm-hmm. a booth at the show. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, as far as working with pro shops, we're, we're working into some pro shops uh, this year. I had a couple meetings with four or five up in Asheville and working on a couple here in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Dude, so when you work with a pro shop like that, what's the business model? Do they just buy X amount of shirts from you? Or is it like yeah. it's drop ship model where like if they sell the shirt itself, like you get paid and you have to take on the excess yeah. inventory? So I've got uh, one store consignment, which is basically what you just said. Like my stuff is just in there. Mm-hmm. And if it sells, they get a portion. I get a portion. Uh, but as far as the pro shops go, it's usually they'll start out with like a small order, like 12, 24, or 50 shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they move quickly, they, they come back. Right. But for you, like as a guy who has an e-commerce platform and like has the internet, it's like in, you want to be right. selling D to C, right? Like in your mind, is yeah, that the 100- best route? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the best way to make the nicest stuff affordable. Because if it's mm-hmm. just going from the manufacturer to me to them, that's not that many steps. So there isn't really too much extra cost involved in direct-to-consumer, for sure. Right. The so pro shops to... that we're working with are really more for just like brand awareness. Gotcha. So you'd have to bake in like extra, like a higher price, right, to make sense from a margin standpoint if you were to go into the pro shop. Like, So I know a big part of your deal is or your mission is just selling like an affordable golf shirt, right? Sure, yeah. excuse me. So. If you were to go D to C on like e-commerce, that shirt itself is going to be cheaper than buying it in a pro shop, right? Because they'll also mark it up or or how exactly does that work? It is. So we'll put their logo on the shirt. They're not just selling like real golfer shirts. They're selling our prints and our shirts, but we have their logo on it. So it's a custom shirt Mm -hmm. that you can only get in that particular spot. Um, so that that's where the little upcharge and they don't they don't upcharge much. Most of them sell it for fifty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a typical shirt, like you said, is around forty forty five bucks. Yeah, forty five on the website. Dang. Um, <laughs> dude. So like design wise, what you guys is we're kind of jumping around here, but dude, I got the ADHD, so you know we're just we're just yeah, no So like when you think of your best like best selling design, what is it? So our, we have two that sold out like very quickly. One was a black collar uh, on a white shirt with little blue jester hats all over it. It was just called jesters. And then the other one was a purple, it was called purple flowers. And it's pretty, that's what it is. It was just a purple shirt with a bunch of like small flowers on it, mm-hmm. like uh, kind of a low key pattern. Um, and those both sold out immediately. So I, I found that like the louder shirts usually do pretty well. That's interesting. It makes sense, but dude, yeah. I'm a classic guy, bro. Like, I, I like a nice, like, yeah. non non crazy golf shirt. You know, that's why I was like, I'm like some of these designs you have that are all like color blocked with like the white collar, dude. Those are sick. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, that's just my style. That's just who I am. You know, like to each his own. Everyone loves you know different things, but that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I'm the same way. I like to have something with like a unique pattern on it, but it's not like like bad birdie makes great stuff but it's kind of just it's like it's not really my style it's a little too loud for me it's kind of kooky like for me i can't stand that stuff dude i know it's shocking how many people wear them i mean people love them and i I think they look good uh it's just not my personal favorite Mm -hmm. yeah like anytime there's a leopard on your shirt it's like uh too much or like a (laughs) toucan it's like that's where i draw the line 
Yeah, we we had some. We always do like a couple crazy shirts for like a summer collection, and uh, we had a flamingo on one, and we had giraffes on one, and then we had that purple flowers one, mm-hmm. and they always do well. People just love the loud stuff. Right, dude. To each his own, man. To each his own. Uh, I just yep. thought of something, dude. So so. You think of the shirt, you think of the hoodie, like, are you guys going to scale past that? Or do you have plans to, is there like, when you think of your dream, when you think of this, like this company, what is the, like the end goal as far as like product goes, size goes like, like, what are you trying to scale this to? Cause here's my thing, bro. I think your goal should be laughable, right? I think it should be, Yeah. you should strive for the moon, dude. You should be like, you know, going against these top brands. There's no reason you, you know, like, why would you doubt yourself? Like, so, so for you, like, where do you want to take this? I want to be known as the best, best golf shirt on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to have, you know, nice outerwear, like the hoodies and maybe pants one day. Um, and golf bags as a caddy is kind of like a low key dream that I have, mm-hmm. uh, just cause carrying bags, if it, having a good bag makes all the difference in the world. But I would say the main thing is just being known as the best, uh, most durable, most comfortable, just the best golf shirt around. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love that. That's awesome, man. And I know, well, dude, you're going to get there, the baby. It's all about the quality. Yeah, it's about it. the grind, dude. We got Henry. You're an absolute grinder. But, dude, that you brought up an interesting point, and I want to just get into the golf bag situation for a little bit. Like, like what's the best golf yeah. bag on the market? Is it a vessel or is it a – what is it? It's not, so vessels are great if you're just carrying one, yeah. um, but like when you're carrying two, Penghofer cannot be beat. Uh, like they just came out with one called the L8, and it has one strap, and it's just so good. Like the vessels are awesome, but you can't put a vessel on your left shoulder, and that's not really a problem that golfers have. That's more of a caddy thing. Um, but I just I think you can't beat a Penghofer. They last forever, and they got the best straps. Right. Dude, I had one of those in college too. Those are like classic, iconic golf bags. Yeah, for sure. They've been around forever because they're the best. Yeah, they're the best, bro. Dude, what's the weirdest thing you ever found in a golf bag? You ever find any uh, paraphernalia? Yeah, I've, yeah. Oh, I found a revolver once. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Because when, so if someone shows up with a heavy bag, and it's close to the tee time, I'm just going through their going through their stuff. Honestly, just pulling stuff out, putting it in like a little merchandise bag. Cause I mean, the little stuff really adds up when you're carrying two bags for five and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So I was going through this guy's bag, pulling out tees, pulling out extra balls. And I get to the bottom and there's just a revolver, a 45. Did you pull it like, out right, and like was... shoot it in the air or did I, you leave it in? That, that would have been cool. Um, <laughs> this was downstairs in the car barn at, at Pinehurst. Uh, that would have freaked some people out, but uh, yeah, I, I just waited till I met the guy and I told him, It'd be nice to take this gun out of the bag. It's like the desk pop and uh and the other guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> you shot Jeter. Yeah. Dude, how do you feel about guys who have like Sunday bags that just play in a Sunday bag? Is that weird? Uh I don't think so. I mean, I don't really like carrying Sunday bags because they don't have legs. I don't mm-hmm. really understand the point. Um I mean you're just you're bending over like sixty times to pick this thing up. Yeah. If you're a good player, more than that, if you're not a good player. Yeah. Um, so I, I think a bag has to have legs, personally. Right. Dude, I have a Sunday bag right now that I've just been using. It's from El Camino. It's cool. 
but uh, I should probably yeah. get a vessel or like a I've, ping hopper or seen, something. I've seen El Camino. They make they make like uh, custom stuff, right? Yeah, they make some custom stuff. Like you can buy, uh, you know, like ba- bags with different canvas. And dude, you you should. I mean, they're an interesting brand. They have like head covers and stuff with like Biggie and and like Tupac, like kind of yeah, hip hop cool. influence stuff. So they have they're like a pretty cool yeah, love cool it. brand. Yeah, love it. I should reach out to them. Maybe do a little collab or something. Yeah, dude, a golf bag would be pretty sick though from like a caddy perspective yeah i i can see myself and like seven other caddies just like standing around a table arguing about what features it would need what features aren't important um but i think we could design the best golf bag on the planet dude i i believe that bro what what, what would that look like <laughs> honestly it would look pretty similar to a ping hoofer there's uh mm. there's a couple things i would change about the hoofer um they've changed their straps for some reason, like uh, I have my personal golf bag is like a 1995 hoofer mm-hmm. uh, that I found on Marketplace. I think it's the best bag ever created. Best straps, nice and light, good pockets. Mm-hmm. It's got it all. Damn. Dude, speaking of caddies arguing around the table, that's also something I wanted to touch on that I thought was interesting <laughs> on your website. Is so you guys have caddy profiles? Yeah. That's dope, dude. Because here's the thing. I mean, what my sort of like favorite caddy experience that I've been a part of was at Cyprus. Um, I got this caddy. His name's Ray. Like we just kind of hit it off. He was literally like 70 years old, bro. He was like six two seven. I'm not kidding. He was 70 years old. He walked around. He was, he was like double shouldering it as well. And he was just giving me game the entire time. Like giving me reads, telling me to hit it everywhere. <laughs> but on top of that, he was just telling me stories. And this guy is like this, like yeah. he's, he's literally, um, it's like almost, I don't know the word to say, maybe like tribal knowledge, just like this guy's literally a gem that exists in the world. And he like, is this older golfer? And I just thought it was the most incredible thing. Um, just kind of thinking about it now, dude, like he sent me a calendar. He he like took care of me, bro. literally. <laughs> I don't even know where yeah, I was that's going with that, but that's kind of like my so best cool. caddy experience. And, and like, Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's so that's many like be. interesting guys and like people. So, so how did the whole caddy profile thing come up? Or, like, what was the origin story of that? Obviously we know your background, but like, why did you put them yeah. or, or how do you even get to be on your guys' website? Yeah. I mean, like you were saying, caddies who've been doing it for a while have so many awesome stories. Yeah. Uh, like the one guy, one guy I got in there, another guy named Henry, Henry McCray. Mm-hmm. I'm Henry McGinn and he's Henry McCray. He's caddied on the LPGA tour. He's caddied at the ocean course basically for the last 30 years. Um, and there, there's not a, not a thing he hasn't seen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, it's just great talking to caddies who've been doing it for such a long time because they know so much about golf. They know so much about people and they have so many just remarkable stories. Mm-hmm. So for you, like, how do they get on their website though? Like, are these just your buddies or like how can a caddy a get on your website are, yeah a couple of them are my buddies a couple of them are uh guys that i just heard are legendary caddies uh yeah. like kenny mcavoy he uh he's on there he is a guy who i was buddies with he caddied for another mutual friend Derek ernst on tour yeah. uh pga tour was that the dude who so wore your shirt at like the puerto rico open or yeah okay yeah. yeah 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 that was him he uh he won the wells fargo in like 2013 Oh, sure. uh, at quail when he was super young and he's mm-hmm. 
like kind of been on and off the tour, but he, he's he's good enough to make it out there. Uh, but anyway, Kenny was cool to talk to because we got a perspective of what it's like caddying on tour for the best players in the world mm-hmm. versus what's it like caddying for a 20 handicap at the ocean course. And how do you keep each of them happy? What do you need to do for each of them? And it's just drastically different. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it, dude. <laughs> yeah. For, I different? mean, so... Yeah. Because are you, do you have like for, green books as well, or, or like I'm assuming you have it kind of all memorized, right? Yeah, it's all memorized. We don't have a yardage book. Mm-hmm. Um, so caddying for guys on tour, those guys are so good at golf that they they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be different with a relationship like Phil and Bones or mm-hmm. Tiger and uh, Stevie Williams when they were together, but for the most part, the caddies there to keep the player relaxed keep the player focused. Uh, if the player hits a bad shot, tell them to, you know, just regroup. Don't lose, don't lose focus and don't do anything stupid. You can't make back-to-back mistakes on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and those guys are reading their own putts. Maybe occasionally they'll ask the caddy his opinion just to see if he agrees. Um, but for the most part, those guys are self-sufficient. You're just there to keep them hydrated, uh, keep them concentrated, and keep them relaxed. Whereas caddying at the ocean course or Pinehurst or any resort course, most of the guests have never seen the course. So they have no idea where to hit it. They don't know where to putt. So it's more like your experience with your Cypress caddy where we're telling you to do what to do on every single shot. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's awesome, dude. I think it's amazing. Like just, you know, the whole caddy thing. Um, so for you, like who who is the most interesting like caddy you've ever met? Like are there... And then, like, when you look at the lineup of caddies at, at Kiowa, I'm assuming, because, dude, you're a young guy, right? I'm assuming there's old guys as yeah. well. Like, it's pretty diverse, right? Yeah, there are, especially back in Pinehurst, because, I mean, the Pinehurst caddy program is, like, 80, 100 years old. It's been there forever. Mm. Um, there was one guy who, he might have been older than your caddy. He, he was definitely in his 70s. Yeah. He's passed away since, but uh, his name was Willie McRae, legendary caddy. And when I was there, he was so old, he couldn't carry bags. So they would just let him drive a golf cart on the course while he was caddying, even though there's no carts allowed on Pinehurst number two. Yeah. And I I swear, he would read greens from the golf cart, like 10 yards away from the green, and just get it right. Because he just had to memorize, because he walked that course 10,000 times in his life. Wow. Dude, that's that's like the that's the stuff I love about golf, like those stories, you know, like that guy's an absolute living legend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they wrote a book about him. He's in the Caddy Hall of Fame. Super well-known guy in that area. Yeah. What about at Q? Are there guys like that as well? Like the old school, uh, like seventy program... guys, seventy-ish guys, like sixty, seventy. Like, dude, what are you doing on a golf course, kind of thing, guy? <laughs> <laughs> we we don't have many of those guys. I mean, our caddy program is only like twenty, twenty-five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we do have a lot of guys who go back and forth from the Corn Ferry Tour to the Ocean Course. Um, mm-hmm. They love caddy on the Corn Ferry Tour, but they don't really make any money out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they come back to the Ocean Course and make some money and then they go back on the corn fairy tour. Uh, but as far as like guys who've been doing it forever, we don't, we don't really have too many at the ocean. Course. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of guys like travel as well. I mean, like around the Carolinas. Yeah. Sort for of like sure. caddy we, we... hop, like based on the season. 
Yeah, definitely. We got a couple guys that go down to Florida in the winter, yeah. a couple guys that go up to uh, like Cape Cod and Nantucket area in the yeah. summer, which is a pretty cool way to do it for sure. Yeah. Dude, so could you like take your resume to Augusta if you wanted to and be like, hey, like I've carried at Kiowa, I'd like to get into your program. Is that kind of a good question? Yeah, basically. I mean, there wasn't really much of a hiring process for me at uh, Kiowa after working at Pinehurst for a while. I basically told them I worked at Pinehurst and they're like, yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. I would say if anyone is interested in caddying, you can do it if you're physically able to carry two bags, well-spoken, uh, polite. You just got the main thing is timing it right. So like, for instance, you want to reach out to the caddy master or whoever is doing the hiring right before it gets busy. Because in the winter here in Charleston, we have too many guys. Mm-hmm. But then you get into late February, mid-March when it starts to get busy again, and we don't have enough guys. So if you ever wanted to start caddying, the best way to, not you personally, but the best way to do it is figure out when a course is super busy and mm-hmm. show up right before then. Okay. No, that's an interesting tip. Because, dude, I mean, it's a good gig, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a good way to play free golf, uh, plenty of money to support yourself, and buy golf shirts mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> buy golf shirt dude so is there like a pecking order at kiwa and like other courses within like the caddy ranks like okay it, like if you show up are you guaranteed a loop and if there are other guys who maybe are less senior are they guaranteed a loop or how exactly does that work yeah i would say at kiwa there there's probably like 20 or 30 guys who are definitely guaranteed a loop if they want one mm-hmm. um but it's it's not always a guarantee that you're going to get one unless you're one of those guys who've been there for 20 plus years. Um, there's definitely days where you caddy when you don't want to, when it's like a monsoon outside. Um, and then there's definitely days when your group shows up and uh, says they don't need a caddy. Right. That's interesting. Damn. So there's been days where you show up and you don't really like get a loop, right? I mean, it's right. that happens. It's not like guaranteed. definitely. That definitely does happen, which is a bit of a bummer considering how far away uh, the ocean course is from where we all live. Mm-hmm. But you just got to bring the sticks. If you get cut, that's what we call not getting loop, getting cut. Uh, if you get cut, just go play. That's so you and you can get out, like you said, any time, right? If there's a yeah, opening. yeah, because I mean, if you're not caddying, that means the course isn't too busy, so you should be able to play. Mm-hmm. Dude, so what are some like slept on tradition or traditions? Maybe if we can disclose this, like <laughs> within the caddy world at Kiowa, that maybe people might not be uh, exposed or even like privy to to know. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say chewing tobacco is probably the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> Everyone's chewing, <laughs> even that, even the the female chick, uh, the chick who's on the uh, does she chew? Uh, Paige, yeah. Paige, she 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 probably doesn't. No, I don't think she chews. She, <laughs> she's she, just, she's she has one. zins. She she uses zins. No, tobacco. right. <laughs> yeah, we're we're we love the zins. Uh, yeah. I was shocked to see you guys don't have flavored zins out there in California. I was on uh, I was on the smooth zin grind for a little while there. Yeah, yeah, I've seen like but but back in the day the cinnamon and and but I guess yeah. we don't have that anymore. Yeah, spearmint. Yeah, spearmint. Uh, as far as caddy traditions go, I wouldn't really say we have any in particular. I would say every guy has like his own particular tradition, right. whether it's like showing up with chewing tobacco or bringing a Red Bull or however they like to caddy. Maybe, I don't know, whether they want to help the player play good golf or if they just want to have a good time with the player. Yeah. 
And that's dude, that's the other thing you and I, I talked to where we touched a little bit on it, but you, you really don't know what you're going to get. Right. I mean, you kind of just have yeah. to be super open. Definitely true. I mean, you'll get a guy who wants to play the best round of his life. And then the next day you'll get a guy who just wants to have 20 beers out there. And yeah. you just kind of got to get the vibe and do whatever you can do to help them have a good time. For sure. Have you seen any aces out there? Not at the ocean course. Yeah. Not at the ocean course. I, uh, I saw a couple in Pinehurst for sure. Um, I saw one lady, she cold topped like a three wood from like a buck 20, yeah. uh, older lady. And just, it just rolled right in. That's, really? that's who makes all the, yeah, that's who makes all the hole in ones is high handicappers who can't hit it high. Cause their ball is rolling up to the hole versus like landing behind it with spin. Uh-huh. So it has a much better chance of rolling in instead of flying in. Dude, my grandma was, a, she had like seven aces, dude. She'd hit like a seven wood yeah. from like 120 yards and just dunk, dunk, Yeah, dunk. They make, dude, they make yeah. so many hole-in-ones. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so do you ever see like Pete die or have you ever seen his family out there? Uh, I think he, he passed away. Oh, he did? Okay. Um, I've seen, uh, I've seen his son out there, PB. And um, yeah, I, I never met Pete die though. Paige did um the girl in the caddy profile on the website Mm -hmm. uh because he lived up in indiana and that's where she's from okay yeah dude he's a fucking legend that'd be so that'd be so crazy to see pete out there he's got some unreal courses dude he he was like the first guy to uh make an ace on what's the elevated par three uh the ocean course yeah uh probably eight or 14 they're both elevated yeah i was saying like eric anders dude that's that's my research for this i keep dropping eal dude but eric was yeah, saying how, <laughs> he is the man he was saying how he was like the first guy to make an ace on his cor- on his own chorus pete die that that's unreal <laughs> it's a huge flex. I, he was a, he was a good player and and his wife was too and she helped him design a lot of his courses like she did she's she's the reason why the ocean course is so cool because she told she told him to elevate the whole course so you could mm-hmm. see the water. And by elevating it, that's what makes it so windy out there. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's interesting. Dude, shout out to all the wives out there. But do you, so, <laughs> so when you, when you give someone like, when you're, when you're looping for someone, is part, part of the job kind of like dropping the, uh, like the history of the course as well? Like, do you try to include that or what do you try to do to get a bigger tip? What's, what's your strategy there? That's a good question. It's it's mainly just reading the player and okay. trying to help them get what they want out of the round. Like in Pinehurst, definitely a lot of history was dropped. Like Payne Stewart made this putt. Mm-hmm. That's Donald Ross's old house. Um, and at the Ocean Course, it's more so just having a good time. Like a lot of people are there on vacation. They might be going to the beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people just want to kind of relax and have fun at the Ocean Course. Right. No, that's cool. Dude, so yeah, it is a resort. I mean, everyone there is just kind of hanging out, partying, like very For loose. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we hit the hour mark, man. I mean, I just want to say, Henry, you're a great guy, dude. Support the brand, support the vision. If you guys haven't heard of Real Golfers, go check them out. They make really sick uh, shirts, really cool designs. And, like, dude, the sweatshirts look incredible as well. So Henry, what are your closing thoughts, man? We'll, we'll end it here at the, uh, hourish mark, but, but overall, just thanks for coming on, dude. I thought it was great. I thought it was interesting. Like you're, you're an, you're 
again, I, I mean, I've talked a little bit about this, but like to surround, to be, to surround yourself with entrepreneurs, I think is important. And to have someone like you on is dope, dude. Cause you're just pursuing your dream, uh, big dream, lofty dreams, but dude, what are your final on final thoughts on, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I would say final thoughts were you're a good interviewer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just love talking about golf. I'm always down to talk about golf. Dope, dude. All right, so where can these guys find you or, or where can they support uh, support you, whether it be on Instagram or online? Yeah, so uh, easiest way to find us is on Instagram at Real Golfers Co. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't have Instagram, head over to the website at realgolfers.co. Not .com, .co. .co, okay um do we run any promo or is there is do you guys ever run any promos i saw or what's the situation there if they were to go check your website out yeah for sure we definitely have a uh, little flash sales here and there and uh maybe a sale like based on a holiday so um i'd say the best way to find out about those is checking us out on instagram okay and they, just give them your email right you need that you need to build that up uh that email list up as well so yeah Give us your email. We won't send anything annoying. We'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about golf and caddying. Love it. Love it. All right, dude. And if you are a caddy, one more thing, dude. Can anyone apply to be on your caddy profile? Like, is that something that's open to the public or is it sort of like a need to know thing? No, absolutely. Anyone who wants to be on the caddy profiles, please reach out. We'll, we'll call. We'll talk. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be okay. great. Dope, dude. All right, man. I'm going to end it here, but I appreciate you having you on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Great talking to you. Okay. All right, so that was the episode. Henry, thanks a lot for your time, man. Um, really excited to see how things move forward with uh, Real Golfers Co. You guys have some awesome designs, um, and I'm just excited to to really see where things go. Also, if you guys are listening and you're in Kiowa, hit up Henry. I mean, the guy will give you good reads. He knows the course like the back of his hand. Uh, so, so give him uh, or just request him. He's he's an awesome guy, good to talk to, easy to talk to, super knowledgeable about the game, and also a great player himself. I mean, he's a stick. He's a plus one, um, or hovers right around a plus. So, again, Henry, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate you coming on. You're an inspiration. I uh, love what you're doing. Um, and everyone, give him a follow again at Real Golfers. Follow myself. Follow this pod. Uh, give us a five star, but I hope you enjoy. I hope you have a great week. Take care.